This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That Delighted to be joined on Football CFB this evening by Simon Dawkins. Simon has had a really interesting career. He came through the youth system at Tottenham Hotspur. He's played for Leighton Orient. He's played in the MLS with San Jose Earthquakes. He's been at Aston Villa and Derby, two massive clubs as well. And also an international with, with Jamaica, which is, again, an incredible achievement. Simon, first of all, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Kev. Cheers. Thanks for having me on here, mate. I appreciate it. No, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. And, and I mentioned in the intro that you came through the youth system at Tottenham. What was it like for you as a kid when you were spotted by Tottenham and you joined the academy there? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was brilliant, really. Um, things moved very, very fast for me um, at a young age. I mean, I was I came through a Tottenham, started at Tottenham at 12, just turning 13. Um, and then, a year, I mean, a year later, I was in the England youth team. So it went very, very quickly. And then end up, end up getting a professional contract um, handed to me before I could actually sign it. So I had that waiting for me for when I finished um, uh, with school when I was 16, 17. So um, things moved very quickly. And yeah, I learned a lot um, and played with a lot of great players. Um, and then obviously coming through to the first team, not quite getting my chance. But I mean, I was in and around it uh, for quite a while. And it was good to just get that, that experience from you know, the rest of the players that I was playing with because they were fantastic. And when you think of a club like Tottenham, they seem to have, since the sort of two th- the, the dawn of the millennium as such, they seem to have grown year on year. When you were at the club, what was it like in terms of facilities? And also, what was it like when you got to train with the first team? Yeah, I mean, facilities were, were always fantastic. Um, it was, we had a, a ground, training ground in um, Chingwell. Um, it was a lovely, lovely place. Um, and then, obviously, they, they built a, a massive place in Enfield. I got to be a part of that as well. Um, it was just it was just so good to see you know the club going in that sort of right direction, um, and yeah, it was just always for the, especially for the young lads as well coming through. You know, Tottenham always looked after us and and gave us the best sort of um, you know things to succeed. You know, if, we, if you know wherever it may be, if it were Spurs or somewhere else, um, it was always always really good. And obviously, like the progression um, coming through and and seeing the types of players that you know I uh, got to play with and stuff like that. You just you can't help but learn every single day. I mean, one single training session, you can learn so much from players like you know Modric, Keane, uh, Robbie Keane, Jermaine Defoe, Berbatov, Edgar Davies. I can I can go on and on. Um, it was it was fantastic, and I'll I'll always remember those days because I came through as a young kid. Um, but definitely when I I remember the first time I went to, to train with the first team, and you obviously get a bit of nerves and stuff like that. But I just remember they've been so great to me. They were just out, you know, just relax. Um, and just enjoy yourself. You know, you're here for a reason. And that, and eventually they become like really good friends of mine. So it's like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's a brilliant experience for me. Being someone who was a forward-thinking player, who could play up front, could play in the hole, could also play in the wings. You, you mentioned Robbie Keane and Jermaine Defoe. Were those guys two, two players that you would lean on for advice? Oh, you're on mute.
Hello, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry, sorry about, sorry about that, buddy. Um, yeah, it was, um, it was brilliant. I mean, yeah, I mean, Robbie, Robbie Keane. Um, I mean, the first year when I, because I, basically when I, when I got pro, a professional contract, I had to do like six months of um, what back then was like the YTS, you know, and you, you do that sort of schoolwork after, after training and stuff like that. I had to do six months of that um, before I could sign. Um, and I was actually cleaning Robbie King's boots at the time. Um, and I just remember always speaking to him. And I remember he, for Christmas once he gave me um, 100 pounds, I think. Obviously, for me at the time, it was a lot of money. Um, and I just remember looking at him like in awe. I like, just watching him every weekend on the Saturday, watching him train. And then eventually, obviously, I was training with him. So then I remember one time, obviously, I was cleaning his boots. And I asked him after training, can I clean your boots because I'm, I'm the one that's doing it. He was like, no, 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 what are you doing? You're now. That was it. And um, I mean, from there, and then obviously coming to play with players like Jermaine Defoe, um, watching how he finishes his movement as well. And in the touch of like Dimitar Berbatov. And then you can look at players like Gareth Bale, who's sort of the similar age as me, um, and just seeing how he, he progressed as well. Um, it was just, it was just brilliant. It was brilliant, honestly. One of the big things for, for most young players is going out and loan to, to find their feet within the game. For you, that was late in Orient. How did you feel yeah. when you were joining a club like Orient? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was great, you know, because obviously I went there. I didn't have to move from home, being a London boy. Um, it was pretty much, I had to go past late in Orient to get to Tottenham to train anyway. So it was great. Um, and yeah, I, I, I went there. I remember... It was the first or second game of pre-season. So I've gone there in pre-season and we're playing against Tottenham in a pre-season friendly. And, and uh, Tottenham said, I can play. I asked Tottenham, I said, I really want to play. I can play. I had honestly one of the games of my life. I'm really, really well in that game. And I got injured actually um, playing in it. And it kind of ruined uh, the six months that I was there because I couldn't quite get back to fitness. Um, but I mean, even that was great experience just going there because the environment playing every like involved every week train everywhere it actually means something you know not maybe where I'm progressing in the the now is under 23s or the reserve team um it was actually meaning a lot more so it was good to get that experience and and, and to build me as the player that I became you know and in terms of a loan spell like that who were the senior pros that really helped you along yeah so um Oh, wow, there's so many. Um, I mean, uh, like I said before, Robbie Keane, Jermaine Defoe, uh, Ledley King uh, was great, a great one. Um, coming out of time, goalkeeper Paul Robinson. Um, and then uh, Edgar Davies was really good with me. Um, obviously, with his experience, wealth of experience, he was really, really good. With me. He took me under his wing a bit as well. Um, and just sort of, yeah, just to show me how to be a professional. You know, see little things you do around the place, um, how you conduct yourself. I mean, it's easier said than done. There's always these little things that, you know, um, that you don't really think about. And uh, they definitely made me think about that. Um, and, and always never forget that other people are kind of watching you as well at the same time. Because where I was training with the first team, you know, you've got that that player that's two, three years younger than you looking at you thinking that like, he's got there. So it's always that same example kind of thing that was been put to me um, by these lads. So, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. After Orient, you returned to Spurs, and there's 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 some interest in you from, from other clubs. I've got to ask you, obviously being up here in Scotland, yeah. just how close were you to signing for Celtic? Yeah, very very close. I mean, um, I actually went there, um, did 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 a few days training as well, actually. Um, 
watched the uh, well, firm game, watched the Celtic Rangers game. Unbelievable, unbelievable atmosphere. Um, I've actually never seen anything like it. And obviously, I've seen Tottenham and Arsenal games, um, but this was this was unbelievable. Um, and yeah, I got close to signing. Didn't eventually, didn't actually happen in the end. I went back to Spurs, I think, and they were sort of talking it through. But um, I think I ended up going uh, elsewhere at that time. So, um, but yeah, it was definitely an enjoyable experience for me um, to see that as well. So yeah, it was brilliant. Very close to signing for Celtic, as you say. It doesn't quite happen in the end. You head stateside, San Jose Earthquakes. You have two spells with them, but but let's talk about the first spell. First, Firstly, yeah. what was it like in MLS? Because that's another league that, that is growing year on year. And when you went there, yeah. obviously, there was the Beckham factor a few years previous as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, even going to the MLS, I, I just came off of a two-year, two-and-a-half-year injury. Um, so I actually left Spurs at the time. And then... Tim Sherwood got me back in, at Spurs and started training again. And then they offered me a contract again. Um, and I went on loan straight away to uh, San Jose. So went out there and it, it was actually Beckham that sort of organised it um, for me. Um, went out there and, and loved it. I mean, I loved the play. Obviously, anyone would living in California. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I was actually playing happy, um, playing every single game. And I just really, really enjoyed it. I felt like I was, you know, becoming an a, a actual player again um, and it felt really good so yeah the league is growing I saw a lot of um, at a time then uh, you can see what what Beckham was doing because now I think now you see what what the outcome is now um, but he was starting that from a long long time ago um, now you see a lot of younger players um, from all over the world going there and playing and the league has definitely developed so um, it was good to to be a part of that in any type of way, and uh, it's good to get my football, um, the games that I needed to play. One of the things that people that I've spoken to that have played over in the states always talk about is the travel, and obviously in English football, people think Plymouth to Newcastle is a long journey, which it is. But when you play in the MLS, some of the journeys are are very very long. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing. I mean it's very very difficult in terms of the journey. I went there as a as a 21, 22-year-old um, boy, really. Um, so for me, coming from London, it was great because, I, I mean, we would travel, we'd be away for four days sometimes. The furthest part, uh, place we'd go is New York. I uh, played Red Bulls in New York City at the time. Red Bulls at that time, sorry. Um, and it was a four-day trip. But for me, it was great because we would, we, would, we would stay, you know, right in, you know, downtown sort of area, right in the middle of everything. And uh, it was for me, it was like a, all right, I'm going on holiday, but I'm going to, to play, you know, to work at the same time. So it's like, oh, great, I'm in New York or, I'm, you know, I'm in places like Houston or you go to Vancouver in Canada. It's all places I've never been before. So I really, really enjoyed it, travelling that far, um, then also playing and um, seeing all the different, the different cities there. And I actually fell in love with the, the, the way they did things over there. So um, it was, yeah, wonderful. Uh, I've got to ask you about your second season in that first spell because you win your yeah. conference, ultimately losing in the playoff semi-finals when you get to the MLS Cup. But one of the yeah. players I want to ask you about is, is, is Chris Wondolowski. He's a player yeah. who that season especially was on fire, 27 goals um, in the league alone, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah, he, I mean, he is... He is um, he, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say about the guy. Except he, I've just got wonderful thing to say about him man he is unbelievable professionally um with the young lads um, but then also what he does on the field i mean um he's not one of these players that, you know gets on the ball and and sort of makes stuff happen he's one that puts it in the net and he knows his role very well 
and he's been doing it time and time again. And um, he, he, I mean, the finishing, his finishing is unbelievable. And I've seen some great finishes, um, being at Tottenham, being at Villa, being at Derby. I mean, I've seen some great ones, and he's definitely up there with them. And that's, there's no, there's no reason why, um, you know, he can't even still do it now, even at his age now. He's absolutely brilliant. So uh, nothing but high praises for him. Two seasons in the states, really um, getting your your confidence, finding your feet in football. What I've got to ask you about is the pride you felt when you go on loan to Aston Villa and at long last for yourself make that Premier League debut. It was brilliant. I mean, that all came about because of you know the good year I had at, at Tottenham. So then, obviously, when I came back from from Tottenham, um, you know, I'm I'm sort of been spoke about in now to play for Tottenham. And um, obviously, with the, the array of talent that we had at the time, it was still very difficult. But I felt myself like, you know what, like I've played now a couple of seasons, done really well. I feel like back in training, confident. Um, I want to go and play. And then, um, yeah, uh, got the obviously the call from Villa and went up there on deadline day and worked, obviously got to play my, uh, yeah, had my debut in the Premier League, which was what everybody dreams of, really, and the reason why I wanted to play football, to play in that top league. And I've always said that. No matter what, I want to make be able to do that. No one can ever take that away from you. Um, and yeah, I did that, and it was a brilliant experience again. Um, wonderful. Um, may have been just a bit too much in terms of we're in a relegation battle at the time, and um, I think it was quite difficult for me to get you know my feet going there and, and got sort of get settled. Um, and it kind of didn't go for me, but again, that's another experience of mine that I've I've taken and I've taken into it into my career and, and again like like I said I've played in the Premier League which which is um, a fantastic, fantastic thing to say so um, yeah I'm really really proud of that. I want to ask you about a few of the players that were at Aston Villa first of all um, Stylian Petrov what a player he was. Yeah yeah, yeah he was he was unbelievable um, he didn't play when I was there um, but he was um, in and around the place um, you can tell every time he came into to, to the training ground, it was the stadium where the fans were, or the players were. He was so respected, um, and rightly so. And he was he was great with everybody. Um, and and obviously his CV speaks for itself. Um, but yeah, he was def- definitely very good with me. Um, and again, as someone I look to is just how, look at how they live their life and how they how they are on the football pitch, off the football pitch. And and he was definitely one of the top professionals. So uh, great great honor to meet him. In terms of the, the forward-thinking players like yourself, I mean, what was yeah. Darren Bent like at Bon Lahore, um, Christian yeah. Benteke? Because those are guys that have a real pedigree over the years in the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. And again, I've learned a lot from all these players. And I mean, I know uh, Bente very well because um, now now going back, we, we were together at Spurs, we were together at Aston Villa, we were together at um, uh, Derby County as well. Um so yeah, I know him very well. He's a he's a finisher. He is um, what a player, um, and he's, he's like I said, he's, the amount of goals he's scored, um, it's been unbelievable. He's made some good moves as well to to do that. So it was great to to play with him um, at that time. Um, Gabby Abongo, what what a player. Um, he was at the time Mister Aston Villa, you know. Um, he came through there and, and literally, literally was the the boy the boy the hero there. So. Yeah, it was good to play with these guys and Christian Benteke as well, who had all that talent. Um, and you can see, you know, when he went to Liverpool, obviously it was maybe a bit too much from them, but um, you saw the, his real talent at Aston Villa. And um, he was a fantastic guy to be around as well. So, yeah, they were, they were brilliant. 
You learn, as you've said, from, from that uh, spell in the Premier League with Villa. What's it like when you sign for Derby County? Because they are a massive yeah. football club who, let's be honest, should be a Premier League club. Yes, exactly. Um, it's funny because uh, I was actually, I was actually just before I signed for Derby, I was um, at QPR um, with Harry Redknapp there and all the sort of ex-Tottenham guys that were there. Um, and I was still at Tottenham at the time. So I was literally, you know, potentially signing at, at QPR, which had been, you know, obviously good being in London. Um, and actually Steve McLaren was coaching at QPR and he, he just, he left. He went, he said he was going to get a managerial job somewhere else. Didn't quite know what was happening. Um, and then sort of got in contact when he went to Derby and literally four days after he got appointed, he's called me up to say, you know, come and train for a bit and see how you like it, see how, you know, everything is here. Went and trained and then was signed in, in a few days. So it went from there, I was signed on loan and it, it, it went really, really well that first season. Um, ended up making it permanent deal in January. Um, and we actually got, when I got there, I think we were 14th. Um, and McLaren built a great squad. And we, uh, we ended up coming third in, in, in the playoffs, um, obviously losing to QPR um, in the, the final Wembley, but um, we should have definitely gone up that, that year, even the next year after that as well. The, the, the squad that we had, um, we should never have obviously lost that final and, and should definitely have made it to the Premier League. So uh, it's very disappointing, obviously, that. But um, what a team that we had at the time. Well, you know, as you say, the team you had, you, you were in the team, you had Johnny Russell, who was really good up front, uh, fellow <laughs> Scotsman. I mean, you had Jeff yeah. Henrik, you had Will Hughes, and, and then Steve McLaren, Simon. Talk to me about what he's like in the training ground, because he's another guy that. I've spoken to to players that have that have played under him, and everyone says the same thing. One of the best yeah. coaches they've ever experienced. He's probably the best coach I've ever experienced. I don't know anybody better, honestly. He he just knows how to. He just knows how to get the best out of every player. Um, not every player is the same, you know. Some players, you come in at half time. Say you don't have a good forty five minutes, you come in at half time. Some players, you know, that like literally want to you, you start shouting at them to to do better. Some players. You know, you need to maybe the arm around them. He knew exactly what to do with every single player. And um, I've never seen anybody handle a football team the way he does. I mean, uh, yeah, he, he'll call you in his office, talk to you how, you, how your family, how's everything in your personal life. Um, and you always want to know what's going on in your mind to see if you can get the best out of you on the field. And, and that's what I really, 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 really loved about playing under him because I knew that, you know, I was going through a bad time as well in my second year at Derby. And um, uh, he, he was brilliant for me. I mean, I went in to see him a lot in his office and he just, he helped me through a lot uh, to try and get me on the field playing better. Um, so, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of him, to be honest. A couple of younger players that were there who were on loan and have went on to have really good careers. What were the likes of Patrick Bamford, Michael Keane, Andre Wisdom? What were those What were those guys like? Yeah, brilliant. I mean, Patrick Bamford, he, 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 was, a, he was a top, top finisher. Um, he came to us a bit, he felt a bit light, you know, he, he was still young at the time and, and it took him a little while to get, get going um, with Derby, but he definitely got experience from there. And as you can see now, he's, he's doing well for himself. Um, again, Andre Wisdom came on loan, solid at the back. Um, and he, he, he was a brilliant defender. Um, and all, the, all, all these guys that obviously came on loan were just fantastic. Um, and we made some good loan signs at that time. And, and I made some good friendships with these guys. I mean, Andre Wisdom was probably um, one of the persons that I speak to a lot um, when we was at Derby together. So 
Um, they definitely brought in great lads as well. One of the guys who gets a wee bit of stick, as you'll know, who was also a lone player, is Jesse Lingard. But you, yeah. you don't play for Manchester United if you've not got something about you. What was he like when he came into the club? Brilliant. Um, yeah, I know. I know he gets a lot of stick, and I'm, you know, I, I don't, I don't really, really understand why. I mean, um, he's played for Manchester United, and he has done you know, for a little while now. Um, he came to Derby. Um, obviously still young he had a few I think loan spells before that um, but again it was a learning curve for him um, he got some game time as well really good tidy footballer um, and he's definitely developed into to obviously a really really good player and playing for England as well I mean you know you can't you can't take that away from anybody but I guess you know stick and sort of your critics come come and pile past all the game so it's just something you take on the chin I think well, I, I think you're right. The, the, the criticism comes with the territory um, as a footballer. And and the thing, Simon, about your time at Derby and, and that, that time as a whole, you mentioned the first season getting to the playoff final, the heartbreak of, of losing at Wembley, as you've summed up. But the second season arguably was more disappointing in the sense that during Steve McLaren's time there, you played some incredible football. You were a team that everyone loved to watch. Obviously, Steve has been linked with so many jobs in, in, in that second season. Ultimately, you end up falling out with the playoffs and finishing eighth. How gutting was that for not only uh, yourself, but the team as a whole? Because I think most people listening to this will agree. McLaren's derby side in his first spell there, I would say, were the best side to watch play football in the league. It was. I mean, like I said before, he, he built a squad. Um, I mean, we had two players in every position. And, you know, you, you always be honest with you. And I remember, as, you know, I was playing on the wing at the time. It was me, Johnny Russell, um, uh, Jimmy Ward. We had just Lingard come in. Afterwards, we had Tom Ince come in. We'd always have competition for plays. And I feel like it drove us a lot more. Played some exciting football. And definitely was the probably the most disappointing one. Um, it's, it's kind of difficult to say because you can say the year before when we lost, you were really disappointed. But this one was, I think, even more just because we did so well. We were top, I remember, by Christmas, I think it was. And we were leading the way. We were playing such exciting football. Um, and really looking at it, you think, how, how did we not, how did we not um, win that league and, and go to the Premier League? You know, I mean, things obviously happen. Um, and I think we kind of just lost our way a bit. A couple of bad results turned into a bit more more of a negative because, you know, everybody was expecting big things. And after you play so well, you set that standard for yourself. And and once you, you lose a couple of games on the spin or bad performances, you know, it starts to panic under pressure. And then, and then eventually it slipped away from us. Um, and obviously there's that very bad year um, in just in terms of that, where we were doing so well and then we, we slip up. Um, and even personally, it was a bad year for myself. I had a lot of personal problems. And um, especially after January, I went playing my best football. And, and um, it was definitely... You know, a year where I wish I could, you know, go back and, and sort of, yeah, do things differently and, and yeah. Without going into those personal problems, Simon, because yeah. your private life is your private life, people forget that footballers are human beings as well. Just how difficult is it to, to sometimes cope with the, the trials and tribulations of everyday life when you're a footballer? Because that's the element that fans don't see and, and obviously don't know about. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, I'll, I'll be, I'll, listen, listen, something in my personal life, but it's been um, documented already. Because I remember once I went to Wave International, there was a story on it, so I have no problems talking about it. I lost my mother um, that year. 
um, to cancer. So um, it was very, very difficult. I was quite private at the time, so I didn't really explain my leave. Only me and Steve McLaren knew. Um, I think the, the captain knew at the time, Richard Keogh. Um, so I was quite private with it. Um, the fans didn't really know. And I remember, you know, playing some games. And a lot of Derby fans may not know this. I was playing some games while this was going on. Uh, my mum was sort of, you know, um, spending the last few months. Um, so it was quite difficult. Um, yeah, I had to turn up every single day and, and train and play. But in the back of your mind, you've got something else going on. And um, as much as you want to focus and be there for the team and give you all, it was so difficult for me. Um, and some days I just didn't want to be there. I just wanted to be at home and, you know, I was trying to play through it and and eventually sort of just got to my performances. And then, you know, I mean, I received some stick from the fans that they'd never really knew. Um, but it's, it's a difficult time and a lot of players are going through this. I mean, there's players with, you know, mental health problems or anything going on in their life. And a lot of people, we're all human at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? Um, and everybody expects you to, to be on, on your game every single game, um, every single day even. Um, but you just have to remember that, you know, some people do go through things that you just maybe just not know of. Absolutely. And, and, and as I say, thank you very much for sharing that because yeah. grief affects everyone, Simon. I, I lost my father yeah. when I was when I was 14. That, and, and it just it never it never leaves you. And, and, and as you'll know, yeah. everyone copes with things differently. Some people are quite quiet about it. Some people like to be to be vocal and, and, and sort of try and keep themselves busy. But until yeah. you've went through it, it's it's hard to put into words and I mean, for, for myself and for others that go through it, maybe at the time I was in school, people obviously maybe are in a job where they can go and it's a really good distraction. But with football, you don't really get that distraction because what other job are you playing in front of 40,000 fans on the Saturday while you're, you're maybe struggling emotionally yourself? Exactly. And sorry, sorry to hear about, um, about your father, Callum. Um, but yeah, like, like you say, it... it <laughs> It's, you never really get over. You never really get over it. You try to find your way of of, of handling it and dealing with it throughout your life. Um, that's what I've learned now. But like like you said, like there's some jobs that you may be able to be distracted by, but football I don't think is definitely not one of them. Um, just because, I mean, you you know you make a mistake on a Saturday. You know we had thirty thousand people that are, you know going to be booing you for making a mistake, or and that sort of will get to you. And that's exactly what happened to me. Really, um, everything was sort of highlighted. I may not be feeling great coming into a game on a Saturday and really most likely I probably should have just told the manager, look, I don't feel good mentally. Um, I can't play. But as a footballer, you want to you want to play. You want to try and, you know, and, and do your best and be there for the team. So, yeah, it was very difficult. And, and it's something that, um, you know, I think clubs especially need to sort of make sure they know what's going on with their players because there's some players that are just not vocal about it and they're going through things um, in their personal lives that you know this may not want to talk about so we need to be very aware of I think everybody and, and what they're going through. Absolutely and one of the the positives uh, during your time at Derby is you get into the Jamaica side how how much pride yeah. did that give your family? <laughs> brilliant brilliant I mean I mean half the half of Jamaica probably um, <laughs> my family anyway so uh, we've got the biggest family uh, so it's great to, to play for them um, and we, we went on to I mean, the, the team that we had were mostly uh, English-based. The Stein eleven were mostly English-based uh, players. So it was good to go away with those lads. And um, it was a brilliant, brilliant time. The experience that I got from there, playing against world-class players in uh, world-class tournaments as well. Um, it's just something that is just took that whole dream to another level. Um, and I look back now and just think to myself, I, I can't believe, you know, 
uh, what I actually did there, and I just thought it was fantastic. In terms of um, your time with Jamaica, one of the things that, that really interests me is the fact that the manager, um, Schaffer, was, is a German legend. I mean, he won the Bundesliga with Mönchengladbach. He won the UEFA Cup. What was he like yeah. as a manager? Because obviously, in terms of heritage, he, he, he's, yeah. he was from the, the former West Germany. How did he yeah. react with the players and what sort of atmosphere did he create? Yeah, he was really, really good. You know, um, he... he, he he didn't come a lot with his um, backroom staff, so um, it's basically just him from Germany. <laughs> but he was, uh, he was, he was brilliant. He he uh, took into the culture very well. Um, he he definitely was really good as a as a as a, as a coach for us, and and, and helped us um, gel as sort of more as a, as a team, um, which was good. And uh, I'm sure he enjoyed his time there as well. We we had some. Some, some good success um, and some good experiences. So it was really fun. I want to ask you about Joby Mackinoff. What was he like to play with? Because he's a player who I loved watching, especially when he was at Reading. Yeah. Uh, what, what a pro, really. Um, you know, he, he, the way he lives um, off the field as well, you can you can see why he has all those appearances and why he's still playing to this day. So um, he, he's a great player, great person. Um, we, we bonded really well. Like with the rest of the other lads, um, and he was good to 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 watch someone like that. Um, an older player, I, I like to look up to him. He's sort of in my position as well. And what you do, you sort of take bits from that from him and and try to put it in your game. And he was definitely one that I'd, I'd always look and and see him top professional. So um, yeah, again, nothing but nice things to say about him. With the the disappointment at Derby not getting to the Premier League, with the the family circumstances and and the sad passing of yeah. of your mother. Was was a move back to the MLS the best possible thing for you to just get you away from 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 England for a while? Yeah, I think it was. You know, I mean, I remember sitting um, in the office at Derby, the manager at the time, and and um, I think he said to me, you know, Blackburn was on the cards and and a couple of other teams in the Championship at that time. But I I, I was speaking with um, then the GM for San Jose was uh, John Doyle. And I was speaking to him throughout the year. He used to always check up on me. Um, top, top man. He always looked after me in my first spell there. And he said, listen, we've got a good contract for you. Um, what's the situation at Derby? And I said, look, I'm not really playing here. Um, something I would look at. I spoke to Derby and it became available. So I, I said to myself, I had a good time. I wanted to go back to, to playing again um, and being happy. And um, yeah, I just said, you know what? I think it's time... It's this time that I go back and just enjoy my football again, and uh, it came about, and and I did it, and and I thought, yeah, I think it was really good. I felt like I made the right decision at the time to get out of England, and sort of just get away from my environment after what happened um, that that previous year. So, yeah, I just decided to do it, and and hoped it would it it work for me. And in terms of life after your second spell in, in the MLS, what was that like? You were obviously at Ipswich um, as, as as well. It, what's it, what's yeah. it been like? Because football is one of these these sports, as, as we both know, where an injury in a wee bit of time out of the game can can hold you back, which can be incredibly frustrating. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, it's it's very tough because, like you say, I mean, a little injury. Um, yeah, whatever time it is you have out of the game, and for me, it was a bit of both. It was injuries and then time out of the game, obviously, for from what's happened and. I really, I didn't really recover from it at the time, um, so I, you know, I took a little time out, and and that that can always play a big part because 
you're out of football and it becomes difficult because there's always different players coming through, you know, other players here, other players there. And, and sometimes teams do forget, um, you know, about about players. And, and and you look at you look at it and I'm thinking to myself, like, obviously I wish I didn't take sort of that little time where I had to just take my time out for myself, but I needed it mentally. Um, I felt like it was the right thing at the time. Um, but yeah, obviously now it's just about keeping fit um, because you never know when, when something's going to come about. And, and that's basically what I'm doing now, really. And in terms of your next step in football, are you wanting to stay in the UK? Are you open to another move abroad? Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm actually open to a, an, another move abroad um, just because I'm just looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, um, obviously anywhere, even here, or, but, but I'm looking at abroad as well because um, maybe it's just, a, you know, the environment or maybe I want to change again and just uh, more of a fresh, fresh start. Um, but again, I just want to play football, really, um, wherever that may be. Um, it would be good to just get going again, get playing again. Um, and sort of, uh, you know, I've changed sort of my life mentally around again and sort of coping better with the passing of my mother. So um, I'm in a much better place and, I, and I've got a lot to give now still, even more experience that I have now and coming to sort of the end of my career um, in a way to, to help with the young lads and, and, and take it from there, really. I really do hope that that you you get back in the game as soon as possible. And and Thank one you. of the guys I've got to ask you about before you go, Simon Emmanuel Adebayor. What a character he was, and I know he helped you during your career. Yeah, I've, I've never met anybody like him before in my life. I just he's happy every single day, every single minute. And honestly, we talked about before about you know what I have people having their personal life and stuff like that. And I've seen a lot of you know media stuff on what's happened with him in his personal life, you would never know. I mean, this guy, he was so happy every single day and he helped me so much at Tottenham. I remember one time he, uh, I came back from, from uh, I think I was on loan, came back, but I had, um, I think I had a car here or something. I just, yeah, it was, I was getting taxis or something every single day. And he just, he came to my house, taking back, picked me up and, and took me to training and stuff like that. And it, it was just brilliant. And he took a liking to me and, and I did to him. And he was just, a top top man to be around and what a player as well um don't forget that he, he was at Real Madrid um Arsenal obviously he was some big big clubs and it was great to learn from him as well so uh yeah definitely one that <laughs> makes me laugh to this day just even thinking about him so <laughs> am I right in saying that he came to pick you up for training and, and he ended up blocking your whole street yeah he did he did because he came in I can't remember what car it was he came in some big massive car but there was um it was snowing that day. So everyone was sort of skidding and sliding down the road. And <laughs> I think someone got stuck. So I'm about to come out. So I've looked, I've looked out the window because I know he's here now. And uh, I can just hear his car running, but then he, I can hear someone scraping outside. So I'm thinking, what's going on here? And he's helping a woman who's basically got her car stuck coming down. He's helping her get her car out and shoveling away at the snow. So I'm thinking, oh, unbelievable. She didn't even have no idea who he was. Um, but yeah, just looking at that, even it's just like this is the type of person that he was, and uh, he's yeah, top top man. So great stories. <laughs> That's brilliant. And the last major question I've got for you yeah. not many people can say this, but you've played against Lionel Messi. Just tell me about that experience. Yeah, I, listen, what, what experience this was. I mean, I could, I would never ever forget it. And like I said, like this is one of the ones that you always look back. I look back now and think. I can't believe it. Like I got to play against Lionel Messi, probably the best player ever to play. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. And it was good to see him, you know, live in action because you see how good he was. 
um, uh, especially at that time as well. I think he won that Ballon d'Or that year as well. He was just phenomenal. And um, I remember he, he he had the ball about halfway line, and I'm in front of him, and he's he's looked at me in the eye, dead in the eye, and like I'm thinking to myself. I'm not even going to come close to you. I'm just going to take a step back. And I literally took a step back away from him. Um, in the middle of the field, I didn't, didn't think to get tight or anything. Tried to tackle him, nothing. Because I don't want to be in his highlight reel at all. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to stay here. He looked at me, he started smiling and passed it to the, to the left. And I just thought, <laughs> you didn't get me this time. Eh? So <laughs> I was happy with that. <laughs> Oh, it's tremendous. Well, as I say, Simon, I wish you all the best and and getting back into the game because having spoken to you today and followed your career, you're you're someone who clearly loves football and has had so many experiences, not only in the UK, but in the MLS as well. So thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure, Callum. I appreciate it, mate. Thank you. It was a great talk. Uh